UK Report with Adam Gilchrist. It is 18 minutes to 8. Adam, good morning. Happy Wednesday, Kino. And a happy Wednesday to you. I see the economic good times ahead for the UK, hey? Because you've been given a thumbs up by the IMF. The big question is, in this race, uh, will you overtake, I think, is Brazil once again? No, probably not. Um, I think they're, they're terribly go-ahead. And, uh, of course, there's that inevitability about China one day overtaking mm. America. But I guess you could say that the International Monetary Fund actually has given nearly everyone an upbeat forecast. I think everyone's had their growth forecasts tweaked in the right direction. So Britain is up to getting on for 2.5%, mm. which, considering a year ago at a negative half or 1%, is, is quite a turnaround. Of course, there is a, that slight feeling that it's easier to grow if you've done a hell of a lot of shrinking lately. But nonetheless, it suggests some things are going right. So you can almost hear the whooping from there of our Conservative Party Chancellor, George Osborne, who talks of, I mean, pretty close to saying nya, 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 really, <laughs> uh, about uh, his rejection of quick fixes and his insistence on cost cutting and all that sort of stuff. But just to prove, you know, OK, good news, but to, to prove there are two sides to every story. We had yesterday an extraordinary thing about discounting. Police in Wrexham in North Wales had to break up an angry mob when a 99p store, they're cheaper than the pound stores, you understand, a 99p store had a half-price sale. But then they changed their minds and put all the goods back from 50 pence back up to the full 99 pence price. There was mayhem as a result. Police had to wade in. I don't know how the IMF would gauge that, but that's probably a bit of a test as well, isn't it? I'd say it is. I see old Stan Collymore been crying crocodile tears about abusive tweets. He has, yes. He's accusing Twitter of not doing enough as well to combat abusive messages. I guess that's one of the troubles is that uh, we actually mentioned it yesterday, didn't we, about how how complete idiots want to wade in on Twitter and assume it's almost sort of just a private thing between them and their tweeting victim. Well, it's not. It's publishing, isn't it? So uh, the trouble is, if you are a soccer pundit, indeed a sports pundit of any kind, or indeed a, a reviewer or a critic of any kind, you're bound to end up with some stuff. And Stan Collinmore was very active on Twitter. Lo and behold, he suggested that the Liverpool striker Luis Suarez had dived to earn a penalty in the weekend game. And you can imagine any number of Liverpool fans coming in. Stan Collinmore himself is ex-Liverpool. And he says that he's been the victim now of uh, hate abuse with murder threats um, and that uh, also uh, racist threats. And as he says, you know, several police forces are doing their job. Uh, he's written to Twitter saying, what well, you are doing and twitter he says has done nothing to combat Mm. the racist homophobic sexist hate messages which have become stock in trade Uh, and he makes a good point about whether twitter itself is policing itself i get daily updates on how i need to be spending more time on twitter you think they could probably spend more time actually policing themselves than just reminding me to do more i'd say i'd say um by the way these threats coming from liverpool supporters well you could put two and two together and Mm -hmm. suggest that but uh uh, I, I think it's one of those things. Maybe it would be too simple to say that, but uh, mm. uh, Stan Collymore is not always the, you know, the wisest of soccer pundits, but I don't quite see why the racist and, uh, and, and hate abuse mm. comes out as a result. Uh, we, are, we are talking about Suarez, yeah. He's prone to doing those things, <laughs> yes. you know. But anyway, we, we, we won't spend too much time on that as Mario picks up his cup and wants to fling it at me. Um, now, very full nests. Whoa, here's a sensitive topic. Yes, uh, I, I wonder, does this strike a chord? Yeah, increasing numbers of children are uh, living with their parents 
deep into adulthood. In fact, in the age group 20 to 34, that's a fairly broad age group, but nonetheless, in that age group, over a quarter haven't yet moved out or moved on. Uh, that 26% figure is what it is, was more like 20% a decade or so ago, so more uh, staying at home for longer. In Northern Ireland, actually, it's 36%. Yeah. Um, there's, there's the cost of trying to buy a house, uh, the fact there are fewer jobs that they could well be to blame. There is, of course, a, a variance within that age bracket that's more often than not, 20-year-olds are likely to be at home still, but 34-year-olds do begin to move out. But there is also the attraction of home cooking and the parental laundry system, which might explain why half a million Brits are still living with their parents into their 40s, 50s and 60s. The cooking and the laundry must be excellent to be there at 60, don't you think? 